Somebody once told me that the letters of the word Bible stand for basic instructions before leaving earth. I love that. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I want to observe this morning that before he left this earth, Jesus gave to his disciples some very basic instructions. And I want to think about those instructions with you here this morning as they affect our life and our work together. You shall be my witnesses, Jesus said. Uh, He did not say that um, this might be so. He promised it would be so. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Where were they to be as witnesses? Where are his disciples going to be as witnesses? In a word, everywhere. That's right, everywhere. It is easy, I think, to forget this message. I'm just going to be blunt with you. I think it's easy for those of us who wind up in a church someplace to forget this message of God's concern and care for the whole wide world. Uh, It is very, very easy for a church to become focused mainly on feeding the people within their walls, as many, many churches become this way uh, over time. I know that when I first visited Christ Church, and I figured it out, it was 14 years ago this week that I first visited Christ Church. I was sitting right back there in the shadows, hiding uh, with a, in the very back row of that part of the sanctuary 14 years ago uh, this week. And I was struck upon entering this place for the very first time that um, this might just be one of those churches that had not forgotten that grand commission that Jesus gave. And, and one of the clues to this was simply the visible look of the place. I walked in. Here was a church that had put out in its narthex, its foyer, this sower against a world map. Uh, this symbol of someone sowing the seed of the gospel out into the whole wide world. And then when I walked onto the bridgeway to enter into the worship space, I saw emblazoned on the stone wall right next to the sanctuary these words of Jesus Go into all the world, proclaiming the good news to all creation. Someone, somewhere, felt it was enormously important to remind everybody when they came into this place that we gather together for the express purpose of being equipped so that we can go out into all the world as his witnesses. And I loved that. I was inspired by that, my first uh, encounter with this congregation. I was also familiar with congregations, I'd served a number of them in my past, who could not seem to muster even 10% of their own resources to serve the needs of people beyond their walls. Um, The average congregation was spending maybe 8%, 7% of their income on the needs of people beyond their walls. But here was a church that, as I began to talk to our search committee, was a church that it was committing every single year more than 25% of its resources to bless people that never show up in this place, that are in other parts of the planet or in hard-to-reach and difficult places of life. And, and I was very struck by this uh, and impressed by this. The search committee that was interviewing me for the job at that time then went on to explain to me that a very key piece of that outreach commitment the church had been making was using communication technology 
to spread the gospel to the world. They explained that the founding pastor of the church, Dr. Arthur Ducreiter, and a group of visionary supporters, uh, in fact, one of those visionary supporters was a guy named Dick McKay, the very one that first came out to San Diego and recruited me to come back here and talk to the folks here. And this group of very visionary people had made a commitment to extending the gospel first through radio and then through television. In fact, they had declared that this particular form of outreach was one of the six pillars of Christ's church, along with worship and children's ministry and, and uh, mission and so on. Uh, and, and this vision impressed me then, to see a church that had this kind of commitment. They were one of the pioneers of church-based media ministry way back in the 1970s. But if it impressed me then, 14 years ago, 14 years later, let me tell you, I finally, I think, really, really get it. According to a study by Duke University, the average American church has between 75 and 100 people gathering for worship on a Sunday. That's the average church. Most of the churches in America are about 75 to 100 people gathering. Here at Christ Church, as some of you will know, our average gathering is somewhere around 2,000 folks, children, youth, adults, in in our growth ministry, our worship ministries uh, on a weekend. We may have no greater vitality, actually, than a strong church of 75 or 100 people do, but because we're 20 times the size of the average church, we have capacity to do some things that those smaller churches just can't do. And one of the things we have capacity for is to extend the gospel even beyond ourselves in a very dramatic way. What this outreach actually looks like, what this TV and radio ministry that we have as a church family actually looks like, I almost never talk about with you. Have you noticed that? I don't announce it very, very often. Uh, Very rarely talk about this ministry and what it really is doing. But because so many of you invest so faithfully This ministry is supported entirely, 98%, by the members and the friends of Christ Church of Oakbrook. Because it is so heavily invested in, uh, maybe maybe my comments this morning are overdue. Uh, So just hang with me for a moment as we think together about what we're doing together uh, through this channel. On the basis of data recently supplied by our broadcasters, that's the actual circle. We know with some degree of accuracy that approximately 60,000 people connect with Christ's church through the gospel ministry of this church every single week through radio and through television. That means that on any given Sunday, more people are listening to the gospel message through the outreach of this church than are physically attending the largest church in America by several fold. To put it another way, the next time you go to a sold-out Cubs game or a sold-out White Sox game or a sold-out Bulls game, look around at the crowd, just estimate the crowd, and remember that on any given Sunday, more people than that are connected with you in the worship of the church, in the exaltation of God and his word, through the ministries, the media ministry of Christ's church, than all of those people. And in fact, our seats are even more comfortable, right? Our seats are are comfortable. That is an amazing thing. 
Now, when you, when you divide the amount of money that we spend on this particular outreach by the number of individuals that are touched weekly, and keep in mind that the 60,000 figure is just the weekly attendance. Our actual community of listeners, because not everybody gets to it every week, is much larger than that. But if you take the total dollars invested and divide it by the total number of people we know that we're reaching, it comes out to an investment of about $7 per listener per year. $7 to to, to touch somebody's life with the life-changing love of Jesus and his word is is all that involved. And it's an even better deal than that if you think about it. Because, Because of our investment in the media ministry, we get all of those other kinds of benefits ourselves. Uh, we get the, the benefit of the camera and the projection services that support our worship ministry and send it out to some of our remote locations. Uh, we get the ability to produce these on-demand CDs and DVDs uh, of messages and special services here. We get the capacity to produce great ministry information videos that keep us connected to what God is doing in the wider body. We get the, the, this extensive online media library, sort of an iTunes store of Christian resource materials uh, that's expanding all the time. Uh, we get all of this because of our investment in the media ministry. Uh, it is not, however, the good stewardship numbers, and they're very good stewardship numbers, that personally move my heart about this ministry. It's, it's not the numbers that really get to me. What gets to me are the people. I think of the man, I think of just one man, who walked into our congregation's life Uh, shortly after September the 11th, having suffered actually right in the middle of a nervous breakdown. This gentleman walked up to me in line after one of the worship services. He was clearly enormously distraught, and he explained that he had been the human resources director who did most of the hiring of the personnel that filled the upper floors of the World Trade Center for the Cantor Fitzgerald firm. And he was overwhelmed with guilt, with pain, with shock that so many of them, and now all of them really, had perished. And uh, he, had, he had been on his own. He had been processing this. He had seen one of our broadcasts on a Sunday. Something touched his heart about it. God reached out and said to him, go to that church. Go visit that church. And he did. And he came on that particular day, and he made his home here for several years in our midst. He was ministered to by this fellowship, by the love and the care of God's people here. God's grace filled him up. He then moved away down to one of the southern states. But I think it was last Sunday, maybe the Sunday before, I'm I'm shaking hands in line, and all of a sudden, there he is again. And he came up to me, and he looked great, and he said to me, I just came for two reasons. One to tell you I'm doing fine. Two, to say thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank this church for being there when I really needed it. I think of the 30-year-old man who had also gone through a tremendous crisis, in his case, the loss of a very, very significant relationship in his life. Uh, Brokenhearted, not a church-going man, a young guy that was pretty much just out in the world making his way. But for some reason, one Sunday morning as he's just sort of channel surfing, he stumbles across our television broadcast, and uh, something in what was being said at that particular moment spoke exactly to the pain and the need in his life at that very moment. 
And so he lingered. He just sort of paused on the clicker for a moment and, and stayed. And then he, t- he, he tells me the story. He then sat down and actually stayed with the program, and he began to watch it week after week after week for years until finally, after years of watching, he said, I think I'm going to go check that church out. <laughs> and he showed up here one Sunday, and he got involved in this place, and this past year, I had the chance to marry him to his remarkable wife, and the two of them are now making their life together within this community of faith. Every single Sunday, several people come up to me or they greet one of the other pastors here at the church and they tell us that they're here for the first time because they were touched by the media ministry. Happened again this morning. I'm standing out in line. Somebody came up, told me the story of their life, how it was they were here because of the outreach of the media ministry. A substantial percentage of every one of our new member classes is made up of people who got here because God reached out to them through that media ministry. We get the most amazing letters from people, from farmers who who plow their fields early in the morning, listen to our radio broadcast. Uh, We hear from prison inmates. We hear from hospital patients and uh, from folks that are shut into their home because of infirmity. I have been stopped by taxi drivers you know, through, and, and this Pakistani man will be saying, oh, you know, I know your voice, you know, he'll, and, he, and he'll recognize that this is, uh, um, this is uh, somebody that, that, that they're connecting with on the radio. I, I remember, remember going to O'Hare Airport, and I was going to pick up an elderly member of uh, a visitor for, to our community, and, and they wouldn't let me through security, because you know how tight they are about these things. So I go up to the, to the security agent, and I say, I, I've got this terrible problem. I, I, there's an older gentleman. I don't think he should be unescorted coming in. And she says, that's quite all right, Reverend Meyer. I watch you every week on Sunday. You come with me. You come with me. Um, and I was able to help this older gentleman make his way um, through that wild place that is O'Hare Airport. Uh, we hear from Catholic clergy. They get up very early in the morning, these friends, and they are connected to, to this broadcast. A whole variety of other folks out in the community uh, just are, are, are regularly approaching, connecting, saying, thank you so much for supplying this ministry. Uh, somebody, the typical thing people will say is, hey, I wake up to you on Sundays. And I frequently will respond, that's really surprising because my congregation falls to sleep with me on Sundays. Um, you know, the media is everywhere these days. You notice that, right? I mean, it is everywhere. It's going more places all the time. Its reach is extending. Its way of getting into our lives is constantly expanding. of Americans now use the Internet. When I came here 14 years ago, college professors used the Internet. Now 73% of Americans use the Internet. In the past year, the the use of wireless devices has increased by 88%. One year, 88% increase in wireless devices, people carrying around these laptops. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these devices, but they're around quite uh, extensively these days as well. Uh, And we know now that 66% of all adults in America uh, use these devices uh, very, very regularly. Uh, They're regularly using uh, this um, amazing 
tool to uh, access information of various kinds. Uh, we know that the younger they are, the more fully they're living in this wireless world, right? We know that. But you know what? I just heard this morning, I was reading on the New York Times, reading, actually, I was getting, reading the New York Times on this device, and I saw an article that says, that, you know what the single largest growth segment is for Facebook right now? People 65 and up are the single largest exploding uh, sector in, in the use of social working uh, site uh, Facebook. Uh, the world is being changed by the expansion of media. Dr. Robert Papper, a professor of media studies at Hofstra University, uh, observes that the average American, the average American is a ravenous media junkie. I put this on the cover of your worship bulletin today. Consuming up to nine hours a day of television, web time, or cell phone minutes. From iPods filling commuters' ears to the screens scrolling headlines in the elevator at work, to proliferating on-the-move tools like cell phones and handhelds. Media is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's almost impossible to escape. What does this mean for society, he asks? Think about it. That's a good question. What is this proliferation of media going to mean for our society? Well, an increasing number of people, if they never hear a message calling them to let go of media for a while... That's going to mean something. They never get downtime. They never get unplugged. They never experience Sabbath or silence. Then that's a serious issue. If people never hear through the media an invitation to -to face-to-face, flesh-and-blood relationships, it's going to be an issue. If they never hear an invitation to really deep uh, reflection, uh, if all that people are fed through the media are advertisements for things that they don't need or empty and entertainments or values that are crass or shallow, then media everywhere doesn't bode well for society. It doesn't. But it does not have to be that way. Like the Roman roads during the very first century, or like the Gutenberg press in the 16th century, the media in the 21st century can be a phenomenal challenge for the movement of the Christian gospel and the vision of the Christian life and the substance and content of the Christian worldview that has been historically so transforming in individual and cultural life. Now it is absolutely essential that Christians be engaged in this dimension of uh, of outreach. Uh, Recent studies show that more people now get their spiritual content through religious broadcasting, religious websites, religious media of other kinds than attend a physical church. That's the reality. More people are getting their content, their spiritual formation, through these virtual means than are physically showing up in a church building in American life today. Now that highlights, I think, the importance of us inviting them to come and have this flesh and blood experience with us. It says how important it is that we keep extending our hands uh, to other people out there. Uh, But if Christianity is not also a dynamic presence uh, in this rapidly evolving media age, if we're not using this channel to actually reach out our hand and invite people into the life of discipleship, if we're not feeding people with a balanced biblical uh, perspective uh, to counter the cold secularism or the crazy spirituality that's out there. Maybe you listen to this stuff that's out there these days, you know? Just send in your dollars and God will automatically do this for you? I mean, it's crazy, crazy stuff. 
that's out there today. If we're not engaged in trying to provide the rational, helpful Christian counterpoint to all of this, then we're missing one of the greatest opportunities for witness in all time. I know what the Apostle Paul would be thinking if he had access to this kind of channel, this kind of capacity in his time. At Christ Church of Oak Brook, we are working really hard not to miss this moment. Uh, it doesn't get a lot of airplay here, but we're working always. There are teams of lay leaders and staff people working on this very issue. In the past year, we've expanded our church's presence on social networking sites uh, significantly. We have increased the volume of teaching materials that we're making available now through our website. Uh, we are actively looking at a very significant new software platform that will help with spiritual formation and growth for our members and anybody else that connects with us. Uh, we are working today uh, to provide people with access to all kinds of resources for uh, discipleship and life wherever they are. Today, anybody with a handheld, anybody with one of these devices can access all kinds of Bible studies and, and sermon messages and and short videos and other kinds of things, whether they're in the office or on the train or anywhere. Uh, Now they can even be part of our church's worship life, even when they're not uh, in the building, uh, when they're away. This weekend, we've just upgraded. uh, It's a little time delay, but we've just upgraded the whole interface that is used with this particular site that can allow people to worship uh, with us. What you can't see in that particular image there is the missionary family in Albania that's worshiping with you right now, the Stoshers. And this is one of their connection points every single week. It's one of the ways they they keep growing together. You can't see the family I know is up in Michigan right now on vacation, connected with us right now, live. They'll hear it, or yeah, they'll hear it in a couple of seconds from now. Uh, And... And, and the homebound person and the, the person that's, that's in a hospital bed who can be connected to us through this ministry. Uh, it is really something. Uh, we have hardly publicized this uh, access. I gave a little visibility to it on Mother's Day. But we've hardly publicized it. But already without publicity, there are 111 people on any average Sunday, 111 people that are part of this congregation through the media, through the, uh, the live stream. That is already, with no publicity, larger than the average church in America. And it is going to grow. It is going to go global. This is going to be one of the most important ways that we connect and encourage and help people in the years to come. You know, the Sunday after we announced that we were going to send our witness out in this way, I, I got an, an email that I would like to share with you in closing. Uh, And and it it read as follows. Hi, Reverend Meyer. My name is Bridget, and I've been a member of Christ Church my entire life. Currently, I live up in Ann Arbor and go to school at the University of Michigan. When I came up to Ann Arbor, I began a search for a church home. Between the absolute chaos that characterizes my life during the school year, you remember that life? It is chaos, being a college student. Between that and the high standard that Christ Church set as my benchmark growing up, I became increasingly more frustrated. It's not to say that the churches I visited up here aren't lovely. They just aren't like home. They just aren't like home. 
At any rate, fast forward to today at 11 a.m. in Ann Arbor, she writes. I had informed my roommate about the good news that Christ Church was now sporting a live feed on the internet. Brittany, my roommate, grew up in a place where people, as she described it, would try to ram religion and Christianity down her throat. From what I can gather, these early experiences turned her off to the church. Anyway, she's always been very respectful of my beliefs, and so I invited her to watch your sermon on relationships with me this morning. We had our cups of coffee ready. That's good, because people do sleep through these things. (laughs) And we watched the entire service. Brittany loved it, caps, loved it. She said, and I quote, I can't wait for next week. Since then, she's been asking me tons of questions about church, and it said that she feels empowered and inspired to work on some of her relationships. The smile on her face hasn't left. The letter goes on, I can't thank you enough for making this resource available to those of us who can't make it to Christ Church every Sunday. I think it is an outstanding outreach opportunity, especially for college students, as many of us live with roommates who, like Brittany, may become interested in what we are watching and get hooked. I want to take this opportunity to thank you and pass along the good news. And you know what's really amazing? And this wasn't a setup, and I didn't arrange it. Brittany and Bridget are here with us in worship this morning. Where are you gals? Raise your There they are. Great to see you. <laughs> Thank you. I do not know what kind of value you place on this kind of impact. I don't uh, know how you value it. But I know that, that someone who loves uh, Brittany and Bridget and the many others uh, who are being touched by God's good heart through this ministry, I, I know he cares. I know he cares. I know it because he said this. Be my witnesses. Be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, that place where you're living and working and serving, and and bear witness to me, he said, in all Judea, in the region, all around about you. Be my witnesses in Samaria, those really hard-to-reach places, the bad neighborhood you would not normally want to go into. Find a way to witness there, too. Don't stop, Jesus said. Don't stop till you reach the very ends of the earth. Because I love all these people. I have a heart for all of them. We still have not taken his witness everywhere. We haven't gotten there yet. But we are together gaining on this goal. And through the avenue of media ministry, we're going to reach that goal sooner than in any other way. Amen.